John the Viking Mauser here with the Get Strong or Die podcast. Today my guest is Devin, whose last name will stay secret, as well as our secret location here in Parts Unknown. Uh, how are you doing today, Devin? I'm good. <clears throat> All right. Um, today we're going to go over a few uh, different topics. Um, I think uh, one of Devin's favorite topics is, um, you know, just people and uh, ex- and how they can make excuses and, um, you know, lack of willpower and, and discipline and motivation and things like that. Um, so let's get this thing kicked off here. Um, I think we're going to talk about some injuries and how injuries can uh, <clears throat> derail you if you let them, but that doesn't have to be the case. Is that right? That's true. Um, so I think anybody that, that, well, really anybody that works out, uh, is going to have, um, have probably run into some injuries uh, and, you know, whether or not that's weight room related or, or whatever, you know, you can get injured easily outside of the weight room and allow that, uh, to, to affect your weight room performance or whatever. But I think anybody that, that has worked out has had an injury and especially, um, anybody that works out in, um, a competitive fashion, Uh, And I don't just mean, you know, training for competition. I mean, just in general, if your fitness is competitive in the gym, then I think that you could, you know, suffer repercussions from that and that could affect you. Um, Have you yourself had any uh, injuries um, pertaining to the weight room or anything, Devin? Uh, Not the weight room, but uh, like three or four months ago, I had a jiu-jitsu related injury uh, doing takedowns guy went to hip toss me and I landed on my elbow and pushed everything back and kind of uh I didn't dislocate my shoulder but there was a lot of crunching and up until about three weeks ago I've had issues with pressing so I couldn't press overhead um, I could do push-ups I can do pull-ups but pressing overhead was a big issue for a while <clears throat> um but you've still been making it uh into the gym you know uh three days a week uh, is that right yeah, so I, I had that injury on a Tuesday. Actually, it was a Tuesday before Memorial Day. And I had wanted to do the workout, the CrossFit workout Murph, for the longest time. And uh, I still did it that Friday with the 20-pound weight vest and all 100 push-ups and 200 push-ups. So I don't I don't care about excuses. <clears throat> so, yeah, this, this was um, seemingly a pretty... You know, I mean, obviously it wasn't like the bone wasn't sticking out of your shoulder or anything, but it was a pretty, uh, pretty significant injury. Um, like you said, it prevented overhead pressing, things like that. Uh, and, um, you know, you went on to do Murph and Murph obviously didn't have any overhead pressing in it. Uh, but the workout was pretty uncomfortable still. I remember, um, I think even the run was uncomfortable, uh, when you were doing that. Is that correct? Yeah, it was, it, it was pretty rough, but I mean. You can still make it through it, you know. And we we've seen like with my shoulder where, like if I'm just holding a kettlebell, where where it like kind of has those tremors going on. I don't know. As long as it's not hurting me for the movements we're doing, I just keep doing it. So. Yeah, and for those of you that aren't, uh, you know, here or or experience this, basically, if if Devin's holding any kind of weight in in uh, the afflicted arm, um there are muscles in the shoulder that will be contracting on their own and the shoulder will kind of roll and twitch. 
um, you know, if, if that's any indication of how much damage was done to the shoulder, uh, you know, th there's obviously something going on there where, where these muscles are like, Hey, we don't like this. And, um, he's still been in the weight room, uh, three days a week. The problem has not gotten, uh, any worse, uh, at least, at least to my knowledge, would you say, um, that's the case? No, it's definitely gotten better. So since it happened, I've, I've had some issues trying to do actual jujitsu. So we talked about in the last podcast that I did, episode three of the Get Stronger Die podcast. Um, <laughs> I had in the weight room, you can kind of control what's going on, but when you're when you're doing jujitsu and you're going with a live partner, you can't control if they try to twist your arm or you know if they're going for an Americana or Kimura, and they put that like that fast torque on your shoulder, that can be a big issue. So I've kind of been easy with the rolling lately like I'll, I'll roll with uh one of our purple belts clint he's a very good role for me um cisco or, or one of our blue belts colin who I, i'd like to talk about his uh his mental game too in a little bit but um basically anytime if i try to roll two or three rounds the next morning whenever i'd wake up my shoulders would just ache and i, I couldn't hold my arms overhead you know up until probably noon one o'clock mm -hmm. and uh about a month ago uh it's it's been getting a lot better and uh i i rolled i did sweeper submit last night for 20 minutes i did sweeper submit last week for 45 minutes and i had no shoulder issues so i, I think it's definitely getting better <clears throat> cool yeah and that's that's without um you know any real big layoffs and now that's not to say we haven't been doing any kind of um you know, we've been avoiding certain stuff and we have been doing certain things to make the shoulder stronger, like rehab type stuff, you know, rotator cuff stuff, face pulls, things like that, um, to get you back <clears throat> to where the shoulder's, you know, comfortable and functional. Um, <clears throat> but the real, the real point is, um, the intensity of your workouts hasn't decreased, uh, and the frequency of the workouts has, has not decreased. Right. I, I never skipped a day. Even, you know, I had that injury on, on a Tuesday, and I was still in Wednesday, and we just modified whatever the workout was. Yeah, without without sacrificing um, intensity is the big thing. I mean, he's not – it's not like we're like, okay, well, on upper body, uh, you know, days, you're just going to sit on an exercise ball and, you know, twiddle your thumbs or something. Yeah. Like, you know, you've been actually – you're still doing running sprints. You're still carrying frames. You're still pushing prowlers. You're still doing farmer's walks, um, the whole time. So, you know, the intensity of the workouts never really, um, decreased at all. Um, I think the point there, what we're trying to get at is that, um, <clears throat> most injuries can be worked around, you know what I mean? And, uh, e even if it's a serious injury where there's not much work around, um, you'll still be able to do something and kind of get back in, into the game. You know, I mean, we, we got the shoulder to where it couldn't press and now, now you're pressing it and it wasn't. Yeah, so my workout tonight, it was, it was 75 clean press with the kettlebell and yeah, it split up over two arms. So what is that? 37, 37 uh, presses for one arm, 38 for the other. Yeah. And, uh, I was able to do those strict with the 53 pound kettlebell with no, no crunching or anything with my shoulder, no pain. So it's definitely come a long way. Yeah. I mean, that's from, 
you know, getting crunching from a 10 pound kettlebell to doing 55. Um, and, and Devin's weight is, you know, somewhere around 170, 180. Um, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's a significant, uh, kettlebell press for that many reps and it was timed. So this wasn't a, uh, Hey, do 35 reps over the course of the next hour. <laughs> you know, it was, you had 20 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it was. Um, so I think that's important to, to understand. Um, <clears throat> we've, and I, I, like I said, I think everybody out there that, that's listening has probably suffered some sort of injury, even if it's just, uh, the tweaked wrist or, you know, whatever. And, uh, some of that stuff, it'll seem like, oh, you know, my wrist is hurt. I can't do something or, um, <clears throat> whatever. Actually, I train a guy who has both wrists are, uh, pretty messed up right now. And, and he has been, I mean, he still squats three days a week, uh, you know, you just have to prioritize things at that point. I usually don't have most people squat three days a week, but if you can't bench and you can't overhead press, then you just, you you figure out how to squat three days a week. There's an intelligent way to do that. You know, obviously he's not maxing out three days a week, but there's an intelligent way to do that. And you can go about it and you can get, you can still get a lot of work done. Um, and then, uh, it only helps out cause now he's doing a lot of wrist stuff and grip stuff. And that's only going to pay off later on. Um, <clears throat> have you ever had any other, uh, injuries in your jujitsu career or anything? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, at the state games one year, the blue belt division, I got caught in a toe hold and was refusing to tap. I had my ankle taped for a couple months after that. Um, my lower back has bothered me a long time for a long time, but you know, since working with Mauser, it, it's kind of stopped. Um, I've had different things. Ten, uh, elbow, tennis elbow was a big issue I had for a long time, and we've we've cleared that too. I haven't had any issues with that in months. Um, yeah, jujitsu's it's rough on your body, and uh, if you're not smart about it, it can be you know it, it'll hit you before you realize it. So. Yeah, um, as I've said before, I've trained at a lot of different places, and <clears throat> and uh, I study a lot of um, martial arts stuff. Uh, I haven't been able to, uh, well, I haven't prioritized doing martial arts in a while, jiu-jitsu anyway. Um, so I'm a little bit out of the game as far as actually going, but I still read stuff, I still look up stuff, I still watch videos and everything, and it seems, and, and I still and I train people and all that, and ever since I've got into it, I've realized these people are always, they're always injured. And, um, you know, a lot of it comes from their stubbornness to not be in the weight room. And, uh, I think that's one of the big, big things that, that separates the people at the top, um, of any, of any martial arts is the people that are actually strength training, um, are doing better off. And you, you, we can argue as to whether or not strength helps your actual game or not. Um, you know, obviously it does, uh, but there are people who think that it doesn't, but I don't believe that anybody can deny that it prevents injuries or allows you to come back from injuries faster. And that allows you to train more and that allows your training to be, have a much better quality. And, um, you know, if, if you're a martial art, you need to be, you need to be, um, doing strength training and not, not, you know, P90X or, or whatever, you know, if that's where you got to start, that's where you got to start. But that's not real strength training. Um, you need to get a real strength program and you need to do that because it's going to, it's only going to help prevent these injuries and these annoyances. Now, as far as a strength program, 
How many days a week should you be doing this? Um, I personally usually start uh, martial artists, and it depends on the level of the person too. Um, let's talk about competitive martial artists. If you got people that are rolling, doing jujitsu or sparring or whatever, and they're going nearly every day of the week, six days a week, something like that. Um, and even less, I would say start at two days. And then depending on your recovery rate and how often you're also doing jujitsu, start, start to add in a third, may, maybe a fourth day, you know, um, I probably wouldn't add a fourth day unless you're starting to get paid because that's a lot of time. If you're doing jujitsu classes and trying to lift and do all this stuff, I mean, that, that eats up a lot of your time. Um, so if you're getting paid, I'd do maybe four days, but I think three is plenty and, and two is a great place to start for most people, you know. And how often should you cancel those workouts or reschedule? Uh, never. Never. And that, you know, that's one of the things that me and you have talked about quite a bit as, uh, you know, I got you a client, my Max's sister, and we were just talking to her about this because she said she was almost canceled on you today. And uh, she's canceled in the past, and I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe it's my weird brain, but I don't understand this idea that you can cancel. Like, I know Monday, Wednesday, Friday at five o'clock, I have to be here. I don't, I don't make any other plans. I don't say like, well, I feel like taking the day off, or I have a headache, or oh, I'm injured, so I can't go there. Like, you just show up. Uh-huh. Just show up. I don't care what you feel like. I don't. You know, this may sound harsh, but you, I don't. I don't care if your mom died. You show up and you work out. What? Are you the one that told me you worked out the same day your dad died? Yeah, I think I was. I was in the. Uh, yeah, I lifted the same day. Yeah, people die. And here's the thing too: is what gets me is the people who have those excuses. Like, well, you know, I had a I had a headache, so I had to skip this work out. I don't care. Just don't tell me. Just say, hey, I'm not going to make it. Don't give me your excuse. Just shut up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's true. And and here's the thing. If if you're going to, uh, <clears throat> if you're going to cancel, right? Like, you know, I mean, there are certain things. If you're on your way to the gym and, and your car blows up, I mean, start, start running. You're going to be late. You know what I mean? Like, that's just going to happen, right? You might have to deal with some shit. But you better be willing to do what's necessary to make that up, right? And a good example of that is um, not too long ago. Uh, this is probably, there's a picture on the, one of my Facebook pages. It might be the Mauser Strength page. It might be my Viking page or whatever. I don't remember. It may even be on the Instagram, but... Um, there was a guy that we trained Grayson and, um, I can't remember what the reason was, but he couldn't come to the gym at the normal time. Um, I believe this was on a Friday or a Saturday night. Um, I might be wrong about that, but I think it was on a Friday or Saturday night and he had messaged me and said, Hey, I can't make it to the gym at the normal time. He said, uh, you know, but I work till like 11 or 11 PM at night. He's like, can I come in at midnight? <laughs> You know, I mean, and that, that's dedication. You know, I'm not going to tell a guy no if he says, I kind of come in at midnight. So I said, yeah. And, um, you know, it wasn't just a commitment from, 
from him. It was commitment from me too. I, I had stuff going on. It was like a Friday night. Um, and we were, we were nerding it up and playing Dungeons and Dragons or something. And I, I asked the other guys and said, Hey man, let's relocate to the gym. I got a guy that's got a squat. So we picked up all of our stuff, threw it in, in the car, drove to the gym, opened it up and he came in and, and squatted and, and lifted while we played Dungeons and Dragons. I don't think he probably didn't get out of there till 2 a.m. or so, and we stuck around longer because we had to finish our game or whatever. But that's the other thing too is, you know, you can go to one of these CrossFit gyms or, you know, go see a trainer or whatever. How many other trainers out there are willing to come to the gym at midnight so you can get your workout in? It's it's very few, and I've seen you do it with multiple clients. So uh, you know, it's it, it's pretty lucky to have a, a trainer who's that dedicated to their clients. Yeah, and um, you know, and. And if I'm being honest, you know, I, I probably wouldn't do that maybe for everyone. But if if somebody is showing me that they're willing to, uh, you know, have that kind of dedication, then they'll get that kind of dedication from me. If it's somebody that's constantly um, canceling and, and half-ass and stuff or whatever, then, and, and you say, hey, can you meet me at the gym at 3 a.m.? Well, uh, probably not because there's no, there's no benefit because I know that if I go to the gym at 3am and you do that workout and then I know you're going to cancel the next workout or not show up or whatever, um, then it really didn't benefit you to be there at 3am anyways, because you're not putting any effort in. So why, why would I waste my time? But if you're one of these people that comes consistently three days a week and has never missed a workout or something and you say, Hey, you know, I got a flight you know, such and such day, I got to leave town. Like the only time I'm going to be able to come in is like three in the morning. Well, I would say nine times out of 10, I'll show up at three in the morning. Yeah. You know, and here's another thing, like the people who we get in jujitsu sometimes where someone will come in and, uh, they'll try to leave early. If you know the class is from seven 30 to nine, don't make any other plans. You know, there was a, there was an issue, uh, about six months ago, it was like right after I got my, my brown belt, and I, I want to put this out there, like as far as jiu-jitsu goes, since I hurt my shoulder, I haven't really been training too much, and I don't sugarcoat, I just tell people, like I, I'm not training, you know, I don't have any excuses for it, I just, I'm not training, so I, I'll roll every now and then with Clint or some of those other guys I mentioned, but I'm not training as consistently as I used to in the past, but anyways, we had these two guys, there was like 15 minutes left in class, and and one guy said, hey, man, I got I to gotta leave. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll see you later. Well, then the guy he was partnered with said, oh, I also have to leave. And I thought that was a little suspicious. So I said, well, where are you guys going? And one guy said, well, I got to go feed my dog. And the other guy said, I have to wake up early. And I was like, get back on the wall. I said, we got 15 minutes left of class. Just finish out the class. You know, and kind of called him out in front of everybody i should not have done that that was a dick move on my part but the, the one guy he's one of the hardest workers i've seen in the gym lately and he's been training about eight months and he's putting it on some people now and you know i'm not saying that I me mean, talking to him like that did that but it might have lit a fire under his ass he stays there late every class now and he's he's training four or five nights a week and putting the time in you know, it's good to see that someone didn't take me being a dick to heart and they're, they're training consistently now and not leaving class early. 
Yeah, well, I think there's a fine line between, um, you know, being stern and being an asshole. And, and, you know, I think that there's a time and a place to, to really, you know, put people out there and put them on, on the hot seat, put them in front of everybody and say, Hey, like, you're not, you're not upholding a standard here. You're not, um, you're not making a good example. You know, in this day and age, you know, you got to pull everybody aside and do that. But like, let's be honest here. Nobody's got the time to do that. I'm not going to, if I'm running a group class, I am not going to waste my time pulling every single person aside individually and having some heart to heart with every single person that does something that I don't think is up to standard. Right. And that was, that was where I think I went wrong was I, I said something in front of the entire class and I, you should, you should not do that, especially as a coach, but I get pretty fired up when people don't train hard or like, I just want you to train just just train like that's all i'm asking don't sit out on the drills you know if you're injured i understand but we have a lot of people who will be like i can't do that because uh, i'm scared of this person <laughs> and don't don't train jiu-jitsu <laughs> right you know? yeah that's the best yeah i think too uh and i'm not saying this happens up here um but i know that at like cert- certain places that i've been stuff you get somebody that's injured or whatever and the coaches um the, the coaches are not equipped to deal with such a thing. So they aren't, they aren't knowledgeable enough or, or they don't care enough to modify things in a way to keep everybody involved or whatever. And that, that can be an issue. Um, if somebody's, somebody's injured, like, Hey, I can't do this drill. So a lot of times the coach will say, well, you got to set this one out. And then, you know, that's okay. Sometimes, especially if it's new, if they just show up and are like, Hey coach, I broke my leg. That's different. But if it's something that you've had for, you know, three or four weeks, then the coach should probably have an alternative for you to do to keep you in there and keep you in the game or whatever. Right. Um, that's part of being a good, um, a good coach. So you should be able to still participate to some extent. Um, unless, I mean, there are certain things that just no way and in certain injuries, you're never going to be able to roll. Cause like you said, it's too, uh, it's too dynamic and it's too unpredictable. Um, there's a lot of injuries that I think a lot of people gamble with that they'll get no roll anyway. And it's a, it's a gamble, you know, cause man, somebody can, well, yeah, most injuries involve a joint. Jiu-jitsu is basically joint manipulation. I mean, even the wrist can be it torqued up your fingers, toes, ankles, everything is, is a target. And it's just really easy to, to mangle those. Um, and, and especially if you're not strong, uh, and you're rolling around and then now you have another person of, equal weight or more on top of you and you're testing the integrity of these joints as well so it can be a pretty dangerous yeah and that's you know, i mentioned one of my training partners colin he's had some ankle issues i think he's okay now but uh he has some reoccurring ankle injuries and uh i have to give credit to that dude because he'll just he'll just tape it up and he trains like that's all he wants to do is train and he's one of those guys that like he's not out to get his face on Instagram and you know he's not training for the likes he's training because he truly loves training like we we didn't even know until last night when the guys mentioned it but he's fighting this Saturday doesn't tell anyone he just he just loves to fight and like <laughs> you know how many other training partners do you have like that it's very few so. yeah not too many um <clears throat> yeah especially especially not in strongman but but that's another story uh <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's a thing too. People are training for uh, 
a lot of the wrong reasons these days. But I think that's starting to die down. I mean, you, I think you saw more of that back when, um, when the UFC was right on the rise. Everybody wanted, to, oh, I'm part of that. I think it's dying down now and uh, just because it's so normalized. So you'll probably see a lot more, um, hopefully, a lot more Colin-esque type people uh, springing up, hopefully. Yeah. You should interview him someday, if he's allowed. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that we tried that once. I don't know that that uh, that didn't uh, happen. <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll extend uh, the he's invite a, again. He's a pretty knowledgeable guy, and uh, I think you guys agree a lot on stuff. You know, uh, like the weight cutting was was an issue, but after talking to both of you guys, you both have the same mindset as far as like you know only cutting water weight and and the rehydration process. Well, I think part of the problem is. Um, since I'm so, uh, since I'm so controversial, I'm the, uh, <laughs> I'm the, uh, the, the train, the outlaw trainer in, um, Morgantown apparently, but, uh, you know, these people are scared or too stubborn or whatever. Some of them might be too stupid to come down and talk to me in person. Um, so most information is relayed through another person and, and we all played that game as a kid. <laughs> So, you know, so it's easy for, it's easy for them to disagree with what I'm saying, um, you know, when they're being told through a third, a third party. Right. Um, and you know what, this is probably going to segue into another rant, but the, uh, the thing that really, that really gets me about that stuff is most people that train, in any sport. And I don't care how good they are or how dedicated they are. This is just the truth across the board. Most people who train don't do any research. I've, I've talked to martial artists. I've talked to strongmen. I've talked to boxers. I've talked to everybody, you know, I've trained, I've trained hockey players. They couldn't tell you who the best hockey players were 10 years ago. They couldn't tell you who, uh, they couldn't tell you who won the absolute division at Jiu-Jitsu Worlds. And these are people that are telling me I'm wrong. Well, like, Colin is that guy, though, who can tell you. He can tell you everybody who's ever fought on any UFC. He can tell you every Jiu-Jitsu World Champion. He does his, like, that's literally all he does is mm-hmm. Jiu-Jitsu. Like, the guy sleeps four hours a day just so he can train more. Like, he's, he's a freak when it comes to training. Yeah, I'm not saying him necessarily. I'm just saying in general, most people that do this stuff and most people that want to argue with me, they couldn't, they can't tell me the history of their sport. Um, they can't tell me that jiu-jitsu came from Japan. They don't know that. <laughs> they don't know, uh, you know, the rivalries from the Gracies and these other people. They don't know these. They don't know these things. They don't know who the first people in America to train in Brazil was. They don't know this stuff. Um, they don't know who won worlds. They don't know who, they don't know who won nationals. They don't know this stuff. Same thing with strongman. They don't know who, uh, I had somebody who, who got, who placed top 10 at nationals and the Arnold and didn't know who Marius Pujanowski was. And Marius Pujanowski, if you don't know, is one of the greatest strongmen ever. He's actually doing MMA now. And, um, you know, I mean, this was a huge, like he was the man for many years. Um, they didn't know who that was, but these people want to argue with me. Um, they don't do any research. They, they want to do what somebody on Instagram is doing. And they say, well, this, this person on Instagram, they, 
you know, they do jujitsu and they have really good videos and they told me to do this. And you know, but have they won anything? Who are they? Who did they train? Do we, do you even know? Like, sure. They wear fancy jujitsu clothes and they look like they know what they're talking about. But where are you getting your information from? Or, well, my friend's friend's friend is doing the keto diet and you know, they lost three pounds in, in an hour. And <laughs> right. I know that, that's a, that's a hot topic for us too is the the keto diet you know I, I did it for a long time but that was also I was only training jiu-jitsu two days a week when I was doing it and it kind of helped but when I started picking picking up more training sessions throughout the week I could not sustain the energy that I needed on keto and you know and people will say like well you weren't doing keto right or something like that but the the fact is I went from I think like 1800 cal it was between 16 and 1800 calories a day on keto to 2400 calories a day eating 45% carbs 30 30 protein am I thinking that right 30 protein and then I think 25% fat but I, I know it was, it was at least 45% carbs um, yeah nearly half yeah and at 2400 calories and I dropped weight like crazy like you know, me and you, we went to eat the other day, and you were like, how are you eating that quesarita? And I was like, dude, I can't keep the weight on. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I've run into that issue where, like, I have to eat so much just to keep my weight on. Yeah, I run into this all the time. Um, you know, people want to do keto to lose weight, and it does it does make you lose weight, especially in the beginning before it hits you, right? Um, it, it will do that, and especially if you're not training hard, you can be on keto. And I know this is going to butt hurt a lot of people, but I don't really care. If you are on keto and you feel good and you're losing weight, you don't train hard. Period. Right. That, <laughs> that's one of the things I said at, at work. We, we have a few people in the office who are doing keto. And I said, keto is perfect for that person who is sitting at the office all day and might go home and, and do like a yoga video or something three days a week. Yeah. But if you're, or less. Yeah. If you're trying to be a professional athlete or a semi-professional athlete or that's that's the thing too is i'm i'm basically nobody like i'm not training for anything i just do it because i like to train and uh i still need to make sure i'm, I'm giving myself the right kind of fuel because mm-hmm. you know I, I like to train at the highest you know perform at the highest i can well and and, and that's the thing uh like you said you if you're semi-professional you're going professional whatever but, but even, I think, I think it's even more than that now because there are people in high school that are training like college athletes and college athletes train just as hard as the pros, if not sometimes harder. So like if, if you're training, I won't even say the level, I'm not even going to mention the level. If you're training the way you're supposed to be, keto won't work. If keto's working for you, you are not training hard. And if that pisses you off, we can sit down and we can discuss the, the, you know, the measurements and the things required to, to, in my mind, that determine whether or not you're training hard. Well, that's the thing too, is like, you know, we got a few people who do keto and it's, they do keto, but they're also eating 50 to hundred grams of carbs. Is that still keto? I guess if, if, you know, if you're still in ketosis, but you needed that additional carbs to keep you from dying at the end of your workouts. You well, know? Oh, I think that's the thing with keto, right? Keto is kind of like, um, kind of like socialism. You bring up Venezuela to a socialist. Well, that's not real socialism. 
you know, whenever you bring it up to a keto person, you say, well, this person was on keto. No, that wasn't real keto. <laughs> the, the keto cults, uh, real keto doesn't exist. And they can say, well, you know, real keto, you got Joe Rogan, real keto, you can't eat any carbs whatsoever. And then this next guy's, well, I can eat a hundred because I'm, I'm blood testing myself and my ketone levels and yada, yada, yada. So every person's apparently playing by a different, different rules, a different rule set. Um, and they're always going to point their finger and say, well, that's not real keto anytime you do anything. Uh, but the point, my, my view of this is if, if you got a hundred people doing keto and some of them are saying you can't have any carbs and some of them are saying you can have some carbs and some are saying, as long as you blood test yourself and your ketone levels, yada, yada, yada. But in my experience of those hundred people, 99 of them, if not a hundred percent of them are, um, still breaking their own rules and they'll message me and say, Hey, I had too many carbohydrates. Now I feel like shit. I can't come work out. Um, or, Hey, I didn't get enough carbohydrates. I can't work out the keto keto's killing me. I don't have any energy. I can't do this. Sorry. My workout. I, you know, I didn't hit my numbers today because yada, yada, yada. Well, guess what? That is keto. Because if 99 of the people doing it out of 100 are suffering the same consequences, then I don't care how many carbohydrates you say you're getting. They're all claiming they're doing it, and they're all suffering, and they, they're all uh, having subpar performance from it. So that is keto. If, if the whole group is doing the same thing, it's keto. I don't care how many carbs they had or didn't have. It's keto. Right, and that's, you know, I've signed up with a couple different online nutrition programs and none of them recommend keto. None of them recommend 70% fat and 20% protein and 10% carbs. They all recommend 45 to 55% carbs. Like I used uh, Working Against Gravity was the one I used to lose all my weight where you had to check in every week. Um, Renaissance Periodization is another one where they give you a diet template and mm -hmm. you know you can adjust as, as you go along. And, um, and those guys are killing it, by the way. But that's the thing. Like... If you're trying to be a high-level athlete with a lot of output, why would you not look, you know, I hope I don't get banned from the Mauser chats, but CrossFit. I really like watching CrossFit. Those guys are have, like, some of the highest output, right? Would you, would you disagree? Uh, yeah, calorie output, yeah, probably, yeah. I'd agree with so that. So why wouldn't we look at how, how they're eating and, you know, how they're getting their energy? Mm -hmm. like, how many CrossFit athletes are following keto? Well, that, that's the thing. That's what I was talking about earlier, right? None of the top people are, but every right. asshole that goes to whatever box is, and and they'll and it's like everybody wants to emulate them because because well, Sally lost you know twenty five pounds, but she can she can barely snatch the bar, and Ted who's doing it can't deadlift two twenty five, <laughs> and he misses his workouts every other day. But hey, right. keto's great. Meanwhile, Rich Froning's probably eating a pizza right now. You know what I mean. <laughs> Oh no, to toaster strudels. That's he, is that he, what it is? That's what he eats every night before he goes to bed. Is toaster? Yeah. Toaster so you got Rich Froning eating toaster strudels before bed. You got Brian Shaw eating pizza. You got Stan Efferding eating um, rice and steak every day. And then you've got somebody who has abs that maybe won a competition that nobody else showed up in their division in. And you're gonna say, "Well, I'm gonna do what they're doing." You talking um, about Neil? 
I don't know that he does keto, but, <laughs> but it wouldn't surprise me. Dude looks like a white Ethiopian. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, you know, but that's the thing. They want to look at these local people or these people on Instagram that are the same level. And that's cool. If you want to look out there and see who's competition on your level, that's fine. But don't emulate them. You need to be emulating the people. In fact, you need to look at a top person and say, how do I beat that person? Not how do I be them? How do I beat them? And that's, that's how you get good. And that's how, you know, it makes sense. Think about it. Who's the baddest people you've ever met? And you don't have to name them. Just think about it. And then ask yourself, what did they eat? Do you think Bruce Lee was keto? You think John Wayne was keto? I mean, think of them, the, the baddest motherfuckers you've ever known and see if they're, they're not, you know, that's a, probably a pretty crude way of looking at things, but I think it's a good start. It's a good start to the, to your journey and say, okay, who's the, who's the best, who's the most badass people, period. And then who's the most badass people in my sport or my genre or my whatever, and get a list of those names and say, what are these people doing? And then you don't pick out the outliers and say, well, this guy, he didn't, you know, you look and see what the most common thing was. I talked about this with David Weck, um, in, uh, I think it was the last podcast. Um, you find the commonalities and you do those things. And then when you're good enough, right. you can change it up. Like you said, everybody will do this too. Is like you talk about strength training and you say everybody does strength training. And then people will say, well, Marcelo Garcia, who's the best jiu-jitsu grappler ever, doesn't strength train. And that's debatable, but mind you. That's the, the, the exception. Can you name me, can you name five out of the thousands of people who do jiu-jitsu? Can you name five who are top level and don't strength train well and and i think there's there's another part to that puzzle that they're missing out on okay it's not just strength training right because what's the goal of strength training because that's what you really have to look at i don't i don't think a person should lift weights just for no reason there's a goal right to get strong right like you know a lot of our workouts are grip oriented for me Mm -hmm. at least everything i do is basically grip yeah there's a goal yeah um who was that? Marcelo Garcia, Marcelo Garcia is who you said. Yeah. Okay. So do you think there's ever anybody ever that's, that's met him or rolled with him that said, man, Marcelo's weak. Probably not. Now that's what they're missing. It's like, well, motherfucker, are you as strong as him? Well, then you need to lift weights. Maybe he didn't. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't need to. Well, that's, I don't, do you know who I'm talking about? Have you ever seen pictures of him? Yeah, his, I, his I believe so. Yeah. Like, he looks like he does, I don't know, 10,000 calf raises a day. Yeah. And, you know, he has natural strength from grappling for 20 years. Like, yeah, and probably other stuff. He's probably got, he he probably, you know, I've never talked to the guy. I don't know. But I suspect he probably lifted weights at some point in his life and has a base. Or if he didn't lift weights, he probably had like a farm job or worked manual labor. I mean, he, or he grew up in a really rough area in some country like like Brazil or something and got really strong because life demanded it. He didn't have he didn't go to some little piddly public school in America and then, you know, cruised around in his parents' car and then went to college and you know what I mean? Like he probably had a job or a lifestyle where he was doing some hard shit his whole life and then that carried over and then he started doing jujitsu and that only accentuated that. And now here we are and he's strong and he's the best, but how many people that are citing him as an example are as strong as him or fuck even half as strong as him. Right. 
he is a small guy. I think he's like 170, 180 pounds. He's a pretty small guy. Um, but like I said, it, he is the exception to the rule. You mm-hmm. know? Well, as far as activity goes, he's the exception to the rule. But I don't think he's the exception to the rule as far as being strong helps your game. Right. I mean, he, he has one MMA fight and everybody thought he was going to murder that guy. And he lost. It's, it's like... You know, you can be the best at one thing, but right. that doesn't mean you're the best at everything. Right. And, yeah, I just, I think he's probably pretty pretty damn strong. And I see this a lot, and I've went to a lot of um, seminars. I, I went to uh, that Kurt uh, Osiander seminar. Uh, hey, I didn't butcher that name, by the way. I uh, went to that seminar. For the first, for and, John Mauser. <laughs> and uh, so I went to that seminar. You know, I've been to all kinds of seminars, Vanderlei Silva and all that. And, and none of those people were weak, yet a lot of them said that strength training wasn't um, all that useful. And, you know, it, it, I think it's easy for somebody with a hand larger than mine. And, and that's the case. Um, I met, I've met a lot of people, um, you know, that had hands as big or not bigger than mine. And I'm 6'5", 340 pounds. And this person with that large of a bone structure um, and they weigh, you know, 180 or 200 pounds and they're saying, oh, you don't have to be strong. And it's like, well, that's because you've never been weak. Right. You know, and that's bad advice because guess what? The majority of America, uh, or, or the world is actually pretty weak. Like most people aren't naturally born with a, with, um, you know, Thor's bone structure and, and hands the size of a car hood. Um, so yeah, and I've, I've run into that even with um, female athletes. I've trained with um, a, a jiu-jitsu, a woman that was really, really high-ranked in jiu-jitsu, and um, she didn't know her own strength, and she would always, in the beginning, I think she realizes now that she would say strength didn't matter. And then uh, once we discovered that, hey, you can bench 135 pounds for reps without ever having lifted weights, well, of course, you know, strength nobody else in the game because they don't lift because they've been told that it wasn't any good. Well, you, you destroy them because they can't bench an empty bar and you can bench 135 for reps without ever having lifted. Right. You know, that makes a big difference. And of course that person can say, they'd be like if, if me and you went out here and we were lifting stones and I tried to tell you, Oh no, it's about technique. It doesn't, you don't really need to be that strong to do that. Is that believable? Right. Well, that's, <laughs> You know, Joe Rogan had a, he said something about it on his podcast. He said, you know, technique without strength is, is bullshit. He said, I, I can teach my four-year-old daughter how to throw a perfect leg kick, and she can kick me as hard as she wants. But is that four-year-old really going to lay you out on the ground if she throws the hardest, most perfect leg kick she's ever thrown? No, no. not at all, no. And it's the same with the technique. I mean, a four-year-old's not going to be able to arm bar you. Well, she uses perfect technique, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, right. If if she has the perfect arm bar, you know, she might be able to arm bar your finger, like, but she's not going to arm bar your arm. It's just not possible. Your arm's as big as her, you know. But uh, but these these people will convince you of that. And I think it's an easy. I don't know what the reason is. I've contemplated this. Martial arts is one of the only sports that still fights this notion. Um. I think a lot of it has to do with its origins. Like, hey, this is great because you can beat up the bigger, stronger person. And hey, this is this is great because you can do this without being strong. 
and and it's just that that whole thing has kind of snowballed out of control and has has become something that it never was meant to be. It was like, hey, this will give you an advantage against a bigger person, and that's true. You know, obviously, if it doesn't matter, you could take you could take the world's strongest man if he's had no fight training whatsoever. Um, you could take a decently ranked jiu-jitsu person and given enough time they would beat that guy um nobody's saying otherwise at least i'm not and to my knowledge nobody else is saying otherwise but what we are saying is it's a lot easier to tap out some dude at walmart than it is the world's strongest man and that alone should tell you something that should say hey (laughs) if he's harder to tap out if he's a much bigger mountain to climb well, I want to be a bigger mountain to climb. Why don't I go do that? And then, of course, people think, well, I'll get too big or whatever. And that's a whole other can of worms. You know, that's not going to be the case. Um, and you're going to see that more now uh, because pa- powerlifting isn't televised. So you don't get to see all the weight classes on powerlifting. And, and, you know, no, I mean, let's be honest here. Nobody really, powerlifting's kind of nobody cares anymore. And that's not to be rude. That's just the truth. Um, strongman is televised. People actually watch Strongman. You'll hear every now and again people talk, oh, I saw that on TV. Well, weight classes are becoming more popular in that. And you're seeing now that, hey, guess what? There's a 150-pound men's weight class and a 120-pound women's weight class, and look at the stuff they're moving. And you will see very quickly that you can be really, really fucking strong without being heavy. So there's no, these people are going to run out of excuses real quick. Um, let's see. Well, we got off on a tangent there. What, uh, what else do we want to, want to talk about? Um, we had a list. Yeah. (laughs) Where's our list? We got, we got through one topic. We got, yeah, we had a, we had a whole list here. Uh, I know we wanted to talk about. I've had people come to me for advice in jiu-jitsu, and they say, hey, you know, my coach Phil Davis talked about this last night, actually. People will come and they'll say, how do I get good at jiu-jitsu? And you say, or they'll ask me, how did I get good at jiu-jitsu? I don't, I'm not that good. I'll just put in my time. But that's it. I showed up two or three days a week for the past ten years, and um, I've made it to the level of brown belt, and I'm, I'm decent. Uh... Um, but whenever you say that to people, they act shocked and they say, I don't think that's it. I think, you know, I think I can just watch jujitsu videos and get good. You have to put in the time. Mm -hmm. Also, why are you coming to me for advice if you've already made up your mind in your own brain that you already know how to get better at jujitsu? Yeah, I think most people are looking for, um, are looking for, uh validation, you know, like, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm only asking you so that you can give me what I want to hear or what I already thought. And when you, yeah, it's gone. When you, uh, when you tell them something outside of that, that they didn't want to hear, then they're disappointed inside. Yeah. (laughs) I get it all the time myself. That's the thing. You can, you can take it one of two ways. You can either take that advice and move forward with it and get better or you can stick with that shitty advice that you're giving yourself, and you know a year from now, you, you don't understand why you're not getting any better. Yeah, yeah, I see that all the time. I, I get that a lot, and um, I think 
I've always been really good about asking questions. I mean, um, you know, believe it or not, I have, I have had, I have coaches and have had coaches, um, throughout my entire, uh, martial arts career and my entire, uh, you know, strongman career. I have, um, I have a coach right now that's training me for, um, my grip strength stuff. Um, and you can, you could ask them. I, in fact, um, next time I have a, my, my grip coach right now is Jed Johnson. In fact, next time I have him on the show, which should be soon, I will ask him, um, if I remember, you know, Hey, how, how many questions do I ask you? Like, do I take your advice? And I'm willing to bet that his answer will be, you know, I ask a lot of questions and I always take the advice because I ask a lot of questions. I bring up a lot of things because I'm always researching this stuff. I'm not simply watching a couple Instagram videos saying, oh, you know, dude, I spend hours in a week Googling, looking up hand strength stuff, how to get stronger, not just hand strength, all strength, how to get stronger, how to do this. What are people doing? What's the new thing? What's the old stuff? How does it correlate? I'm looking this stuff up all the time and I'll bring it up to the coach and, and I don't ever have any expectation of what their answer will be. I just want an answer. I don't want a certain answer. I want an answer. And when they give it to me, I roll with it. I'm paying the guy. Why would I pay him and then him give me advice and then me say, nah. I mean, if that's the case, what am I paying him for? I would just not pay him and ask him the question and see if he's dumb enough to answer it for free and then take it into consideration. But I'm not there to take it into consideration. I'm paying the guy to give me an answer. And, I, and I'll say those those guys in jiu-jitsu who have done that and say, well, I don't think if that's it, they've never gotten better. You know, I, I've seen it a number of times. The, those same guys, they come in for one or two weeks, and then you don't see them for six months. Yeah. And they do it over and over again for ten years. And it, I don't know, it, it blows my mind that for, I don't understand how they can stick with it for ten years and never get any better, to be honest. Like, go figure out something else to do with your life, man. Like, you know, now there does come a point where like maybe something clicks in their brain when they do start picking it up and they do get better and it it's a really good feeling as a coach to see that guy mm-hmm. make it to that point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree. Well, I get the same thing, you know, in strength training. It's like you'll do something. Um, now, usually the more uh, caveman the activity is, the least the less likely you get this. But you know, like I'll tear a deck of cards in half, and and somebody will say. What's the trick? What's the secret? That's right. And I'll say, well, you know, you have to be uh, pretty strong. Now, there's a certain amount of technique with anything, right? I mean, walking requires a certain amount of technique. That's why you have to learn to do it as a child, right? I mean, you know, or everything you do, starting your car takes a certain amount of technique and a certain amount of muscle, right? Everything is a combination of technique and muscle, Um so sure, there there is, and there's multiple, there's a few techniques when it comes to tearing cards. But the more important thing is, it's a display of strength, so you have to be strong. And people don't believe that. They'll look at me and, what, what? And, and these people will, those are the same people, like you said, they will abandon their journey to learn how to tear a deck of cards the moment you say, well, you just have to get strong. <laughs> you know, it's like when you say, Hey, how do you get good at jujitsu? You just got to show up. What's the first thing they do? They mix, they miss the next glass because, <laughs> because that wasn't the answer they wanted. 
Right. And when, then, I don't know, and you might be okay with not getting better at the stuff that we're talking about. And that that's fine. You know, that's another thing, too, is I only get frustrated when people give me excuses because they act like they care. Mm-hmm. If you give me excuses and, like, you don't care and you tell me, like, well, I don't actually want to get better, I'm fine with that. Like, I, I, will, right. not get, I will not give you any shit. Mm-hmm. You can move on with your life, and I, I will not make you feel bad. But if you tell me you want to get better at jiu-jitsu, you want to get a blue belt, and then at the same time you're sitting on the sidelines, shut the fuck up and don't talk to me. Right. Like, I do not care. And I get so frustrated with people who do this in the gym. I, I'm, I'm getting a little fired up now, so I'm going to come back down. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, that was his fired up face. Yeah, you guys can't see it, but I, I have the same face for every emotion. But yeah, I, I, I don't understand that. You know, if, if you truly want to get better at something, go ask the people who have been doing it for ten or twenty years. You know, that's the thing. Or Jim, Ground Zero, I'm give him a plug. Ground Zero Fighting Systems. <laughs> up at the Mountaineer Mall on Greenbag Road. We're the oldest jiu-jitsu gym in the state. We started back in 96. Um, my coach, Phil Davis, he's one of the owners. He started, I think, in 98. All the original owners are now gone from from ground zero. They've moved away, or um, Neil's a pussy. But, uh, you know, if you, tr- <laughs> if you truly want to get good at jiu-jitsu, why not come to the oldest gym in the state if you're in Morgantown? You know, we have, we're the only gym in northern West Virginia that has multiple black belts. So I think, I think we have five in-house. I could be wrong, but we got Josh, Phil, DC, Travis, Sampy. So five, five in-house black belts. If you come in on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you're going to get to train with three black belts and two brown belts. Like, that's, that's very rare in jiu-jitsu to uh-huh. have that level yeah, I mean, you're not going to see that unless you go out to California. Right. And and even then, I mean, it's not every gym in California. That's, I've talked about before. When I started jiu-jitsu back in 2008, there were four black belts in the state. Two of them were at Ground Zero in Morgantown. And, uh, you know, seeing a purple belt was unheard of back then. You know, it, it's crazy how, how far it's come. But what I'm getting at is, if you want to get good at jiu-jitsu, come up to Ground Zero. We we give a two-week free trial. Uh, that's pretty much it. And that's the thing, too, is people people piss me off because they'll say, well, how much does it cost? And I say, you get a two-week free trial. Well, how much is it after that? Why don't you come out, figure out if you like it or not, and then if you do like it, you'll figure out a way to pay for it. You know? Right. We've talked about that before. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, what's the... The worst case scenario, you could do like you do when you go to the grocery store and you check the price out and you say, well, I want that. And then you go buy it on Amazon. I mean, if you go to Ground Zero for two weeks and you like it and you don't like the price, find a cheaper place. You know, I mean, you're not going to get the same quality, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, if that's if that is really your concern, keeping in mind, you get what you pay for anyway. If you're going to get cheaper, you're going to get worse. But if you want to go that route. And I'm not saying to do this, but if that's what's on your mind, if the price is the only thing on your fucking mind, go up for two weeks, check it out, say, I don't like the price, and go find somewhere cheaper. And I doubt you're going to find anywhere very much cheaper because it's just like anything else. Prices are pretty similar in, in the markets. But try to find a cheaper place or go to karate for 20 bucks a month. Like, But go check it out because... You know, but people don't think this way. You know, go check it out. I remember when uh, 
my brother, uh, one time between, um, college from Potomac state coming to, to WVU, or maybe it was the first summer at Potomac state. I don't remember. I came in, um, you know, my birthday's in June. It's like right when Kotlin school lets out at least back then. And, uh, I came back and he handed me a receipt and said, Hey, I signed you up at an MMA gym. (laughs) I gave you a month or whatever. I never said, Oh, what's, you know, what's a cost or I never asked any questions. He, he, he knew I wanted to, that this was a thing. He actually didn't know that I wanted to do it. He knew it was a thing I was interested in and was like, Hey, I'm going to give this to him because I know he'll go do it. So I went and did it. And then at the end I liked it and I continued to pay for it. Like the money thing never really crossed my mind. Um, and I think as, as long as it was anywhere reasonable, I think I would have paid for it no matter what it would have cost. I mean, obviously if they were like, Hey, it's $1,200 a month to do MMA, I might've been like, Hey, Whoa. But as long as it was anywhere, even in the realm of reasonable, I would have paid for it. Right. And you know, the thing with, with ground zero is if you were truly wanting to get better, I'll sit there with you all night and I'll work with you. You know, that's a, that's a very rare thing to come by, but it's not just me. Travis will do that. Colin will do that. We have a ton of guys who are more than willing to help you get better. And, you know, that, that's an issue too you run into. There's there's big gyms out there where the class is an hour long. You train for 45 minutes, you get to roll for 15 at the end of class, and then they want you to get off the mat because they have another class coming in. Mm-hmm. We're not like that. We're open until you guys are done training. That's Yeah. That's you're not going, you're not going to find that, um, anywhere else. And, uh, especially not, probably not for that price. And, um, you know, they'll kick out all the bad apples. Anybody that's a bad apple, they'll give them, they'll ban them right away. <laughs> only, only if you're six, five and have red hair. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think people are just, um, you know, they don't really want to do it. They, they want you to say they, these people, they want you to tell them, well, how much is it? You know, what they're really saying is, well, I think I'm the next prodigy and you should just let me go for free right. or, you know, some, some dumb bullshit like that. They don't want to pay their dues. They don't want to, they think this is like something that doesn't have a value to it. You know, I get it in the, in the weight room sometimes, not as much. I think it's been it's more generally accepted that you have to pay for like weight training these days, but I do get it a little bit down here. People, I had a guy once tell me that, Oh, I think I could be really good at strongman. You should train me for free. Uh, you know, I'll make it and you'll be able to use my name. And we've had, we've had people like that in jujitsu. Like we'll get, we'll get messages on Facebook. People will say, Hey, I really want to fight MMA. I've had over 50, street fights and I've never lost and uh, I want you to train me for free and it's like hey come in you know we have a lot of girls who train with us now if you can get past our 110 pound blue belt uh, maybe but I doubt that you can to be honest like I've seen her beat the piss out of giant dudes it's pretty funny to watch these guys who like have this giant ego and then there's this 110 pound girl who can choke him anytime she wants like you know it's a cool thing to to watch yeah I've, I've seen that stuff happen i mean but yeah that's what they're after or or they don't really want to do it yeah i mean that's what it boils down to it's like people can't be honest like they can't say you know man i'm not really into this like 
Yeah, I, but, I might try it out, but I hate to even do something if I got to pay for it. Then don't show up for the two week free trial. Like if you've already right. got it in your head that right, that's, there's people out there you could say, hey, it's ten bucks a month. They'd be like, well, you know, I really love going down to Bent Willie's on Saturday, and that cuts into right. my beer money. Like that's what I'm saying. They aren't honest with their approach. Right. They say, hey man, I want to do this. No, you don't want to do this. You want to do it if it's like. Hey, it's five dollars a month, and I'll come to your house, but only at the times that you'll be there. Like, you know, you don't really want to do it, right? So, but people uh, aren't wired properly to come at people that way and say, "Hey, I, you know, I, I'm not sure about this. I, I saw it on TV. I thought it might be cool. I'm not willing to pay for it. What can you do for me?" <laughs> like that's what they really need to say, but nobody's going to do that. <laughs> Right. That, I don't know, man. We live in uh, strange times, as Joe Rogan says. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that's enough, um, <laughs> enough ranting for today. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on here again. Um, <clears throat> you know, may, maybe we'll do another uh, few weeks of trading off with you and Paul back and forth yeah. as the guests here. Uh, yeah, but anyway, um, so uh, Devin's at the gym, uh, Viking performance <clears throat> um, under the Mauser Strength banner uh, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, he's at Ground Zero Fighting Systems on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I believe that's uh, 6 to 9? Uh, 6.30 to 7.30 is our kids' class. I'm the head instructor for that, so... If you got kids from 5 to 14, bring them out. And adult classes from 7.30 to 9 on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm there for that as well. Cool. Yeah, check that out. That's Ground Zero Fighting Systems. They have a they have a, a website, a Facebook page, all that, Instagram, I think. Um, but uh, you can also hit Devin up directly. Um, or if you're really confused, hit me up and I'll pass you along. Um yeah, and Ground Zero's at the uh, that's the Mountaineer Mall. Yes, it's, um, it's right across from Viking. So if you're a Viking client, just drive up the road and try out Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, they got a free uh, free two weeks. You're not gonna you don't get that anywhere. Um, hell, I don't even offer a free two weeks. <laughs> so, so there there you go. <clears throat> um, uh, yeah, so check that out. Um, and you know we'll be back uh, next week with the next. Uh, episode of Get Strong or Die. Thanks a lot, Devin.